in different colors. Yay! Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits. And today we have a special guest, Skylar Shagavak, my daughter. And we are going to be talking about the art of living with intention, mind edition. So, you know, stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So welcome to Skylar. Thank you so much for being here. Sorry for the delay. Those of you that are watching live, we had a technical difficulty on Facebook, so we had to reconfigure that, but we are back now. Skylar, thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited to talk about the art of living with intention, mind edition, and you, in my opinion, are a professional at that. So thanks for being here. I appreciate you for bringing me on and you know, asking me to be here. So she's here visiting and we just had a wedding in Omaha over the weekend. And, you know, I knew I was going to ask her, but I didn't ask her to be on until um, yesterday because being a young woman, I think that you really embody the concept of living intentionally, especially Skylar is an entrepreneur. And so there's no boss necessarily um, asking her to like clock in at a certain time you know, it's not like the work day is over and then she's going to go work out or whatever. So can you talk about some of the things that you have implemented intentionally using your mind and how your mind has created this experience that has helped you? Um, so a big thing is getting to know yourself, which sounds mm. goofy and silly, but um, I always thought that I was an evening girl that liked to work out and I was a girl that could get her stuff done in the, you know, late night and like to wake up at noon and that type of thing. Um, so really exploring and going into more depth of what does it look like when I change that and when I actually flip it to going to the gym and then getting my stuff done all before 12 a.m., you know, or 12 p.m., sorry. <laughs> Um, so things like that of just completely switching stuff, because when one thing isn't working, it's like, all right, now pivot. Mm. All right, now let's do something else. Um, so a huge thing for me was when I was starting my business, I was just felt unmotivated to do it and to work for myself. And so I knew I needed to pivot. I knew that I was motivated for myself. I knew I wanted to have the business. I knew I was excited to have my own business, but like, how was I going to go about getting my stuff done for the day? Yeah. So being super intentional, intentional of, Hey, something is not working quite the way I want. I'm not getting the results right that I want. And so I'm going to kind of piecemeal through it and figure out what might work a little bit better. I love that. And I think that, you know, for me anyways, being super intentional about the way I am living my life now, especially on this sober journey that I'm on, um, you know, health journey that I'm on, which sounds so corny, like everything's like a journey. Oh my God, I'm on a journey, but it's true. And so like finding, you know, this new way I've, I've always worked out. I've always tried to eat pretty healthy, but I've never done it without drinking. So it's a totally new, um, experience for me and a new way of doing everything. Um, and so for me, it's okay. When I wake up, I have to put on the workout pants because if I don't put on the workout pants, there's no way I'm going to work out. Like that has to be. So I'm very intentional with my mind 
of the way that I set out for my day exactly like you. Um, I think that it's also important to understand that, as I talked about last week, so often we do have, and I know you can speak to this because you're a human being, that, you know, like I said last week, you know, the devil and the angel on each shoulder, right? So it's like, you know, it's so cold out. You, It's okay. Just put on a pair of sweatpants and go sweat, sit on the couch and you can just have like an, a relaxing day. It'll be fine. And, and that's great and all. And yes, some days you do need that. But at the end of the evening at 9, 10 o'clock at night, how are you going to feel when you didn't accomplish those things that you really intended to accomplish. You didn't make the phone calls you wanted to make. You didn't eat the way you wanted to eat. You didn't reach out to friends. You didn't put yourself out there the way you wanted to put yourself out there. And so you had all of these great intentions, but you didn't listen to yourself. You didn't keep those promises. And then what's the fallout from that? So like maybe you can talk about when you don't follow your intentions, how do you see that play out in your life? So I had a bit of a pause um, coming out of college and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And that pause, unfortunately, lasted a year. And after a year, I reflected and was like, wow, I'm in the exact same position that I was a year ago. And that was devastating to me. That was, mm. I haven't made any progress, even if it's just five more pounds to be able to lift up in the gym. You know, I haven't made more progress in the fact of, I'm drinking more water. I'm drinking, eating my supplements, that type of thing. So really making an intention of being like, I have to do this. I have to get this done because in a year from now, if I'm in the exact same spot I'm in now, I won't be proud of myself. And it wasn't even necessarily about like, I was in a great place, you know, like it wasn't like I was in a great place in a year from now, I should still be happy. I'm in that great place. It was, I needed to do better. I needed to do work on myself. I needed to get to a better place. And I just wasn't taking those steps. Yeah. And it's so funny because when I, after I had Skylar 20 some years ago, I remember looking cause she's born in November. And I remember then we took, you know, the Christmas photos right thereafter. And I remember looking at those Christmas photos and saying, Oh my gosh, I really want to get in shape. And if I do this, I made the intention of if I do this, if I make the choice to get in shape and work out and do all the things next Christmas, a year from now, as you just said, I'll, I'll like looking at myself a lot better because I'll be healthier. Right. And that's when Tybo was a thing and kickboxing, which is funny because she just started doing kick kickboxing and she really loves it. And so, you know, really setting your mind to, and this is what I talked about last week is like, who is this person? right? Who is this person that I really want to be in the future that I envision? What does she look like? What does he sound like? What does she act like? What is her career? What is, you know, what kind of father is he? What kind of husband is he, et cetera, et cetera. And so like really kind of using that goal human of self um, and saying, okay, let's backtrack. What is that person that I want to be, what does she or he do, right? Because if you have this vision of self a year from now that has all of these qualities, all of these characteristics, all of these accomplishments, and then you break that person down. By the way, I'm making this up as I go and I'm loving every bit of it. And you break that person down. What does that person do? 
How do they live their life? What does their day look like? Because if they've got a six pack abs, right? If they're making $120,000 a year, they're not getting up in the morning and putting on sweats and grabbing their cup of coffee and just kind of having like a day. My husband always talks about the fact that like me being an entrepreneur, he's amazed. I never, ever stop working. Like on the car ride yesterday, I'm working like incessantly, you know, and that's just the way that that person that I want to be, that's the way that they participate. You know, if I want to, you know, be a certain size or be able to lift 30 pound weights, um, in the gym, I need to, how many glasses of water does that person drink a day? Does that person eat, you know, six donuts, which I personally can do without a problem. I can, I can take, take down a half a dozen donuts by myself if I wanted to, but does that person act like that? Does that person, and I love that concept of, you know, like pulling it apart and seeing how that person that I want to be behaves and then reassembling those, those, those intentions into my life and going, well, that makes sense. Now that person does these things. Right. I love that. I think also because not all of us know who we want to be in the future. Not all of us have a concept of, I want to be able to lift 30 pounds in the gym. It's just like, I want to be better. So when I do things that are good for myself, I know I'm like, I'm making my future self really proud right now. I am doing so well for my future self right now. And even if that future self is a conceptualized, you know, like a, a an idea. idea. Yeah, it's an idea, right? Yeah. I love uh, that. It's easier to work towards. Yeah, that's that's because I, sometimes I don't care about my current self. Sometimes I just don't want to work for her. Sometimes she wants to stay in bed and eat <laughs> six donuts and not do anything. But future Skylar, yeah. she'll be really proud that I went to the gym. And I love the fact there's a lot of um, like TikTok videos about that where it's just like my my outgoing self made plans on Friday night. And then my not outgoing self showed up on Friday and is like, oh, my God, what did outgoing self do? Like, I love that concept yes. that there's a lot of people that live inside of you. So last night when I was thinking about this topic, um, I was thinking about like, you know, not just, you know, um, you know, yourself, right? But like when we have days that are bad or when we have um, thoughts, because um, we're talking about the mind today and living with intention. And so really understanding your thoughts and how your mind works and where your thoughts and mind goes, you follow, right? And so there's a lot of times when we might have worries or negative thoughts, not only about ourselves, but about others. And I actually had a client last week where, where her assignment at the end of our, our call was to not judge other people. Because when we judge other people, you know, and we try to put them in a box and figure out who they are, that judgment actually comes back on ourselves. Judgment lives inside of ourselves and it goes outwards, but it also comes back in. We can't just judge the outside world. It's, it's, it's all encompassing. We judge everything. That judgment is who we are. And so, you know, I, I think about the fact of being really kind to ourselves and, and the intention of having a kind mind um, for not only the world around us, for but for also ourselves. And I got a text message last week, I think it was, 
from someone and they were talking about um, uh, the idea of Indian summer. It's the, you know, the, the, the concept of Indian summer where it gets like hot at the end of summer, but you're almost in fall. And they said, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not. Like, I don't know if it's okay to say Indian summer. And so I Googled it because when you don't know, you do better by finding out with education. And so, yes, it is a pejorative term. I think that's the right way of saying it. And so I Googled other ways that they they reference um, this hot part of the end of summer right before you jump into fall. And I started thinking about the idea of appropriation. And um, so I, I, I said in my head, I didn't respond to these folks, but I said in my mind, like, how do you explain appropriation or how do you explain um, being, what's the word, um, offended when it's not you, when you, when you look at that offense and you can't really comprehend it. And this, this goes to the mind, right. And really understanding other people's perspectives and being kind with folks. Right. And so I, my response to them was going to be, but I didn't bother to be honest, was going to be you saying that Indian summer shouldn't be offensive would be like you telling your husband that he's hurting your feelings and him saying, well, it doesn't hurt my feelings, so it shouldn't hurt your feelings, right? Because I, because I don't see that it's hurtful, that you shouldn't see that it's hurtful. And I think that we need to be more understanding of perspective, of people's perspectives, of people's, I mean, interpretations of life, you know, and just because we don't understand it, that we need to try to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and understand that their perspective might be different and that our minds, although set inside of us, that we can be more empathic to the world around us, which I think will then help us understand not only ourselves, but the people around us. Right. And so I think that we need to understand that our minds create the world around us. It creates either understanding or judgment or anger or kindness, grace, and love. And then our bodies, our faces, our wrinkles, our, mm, our anger follows all of that. And so I think it's super in intentional um, to live with our minds understanding other people. Because I do believe that as I have become or tried to become less judgmental, I'm not there by any stretch. Um, I definitely have become less judgmental and angry with myself. And then when you're kinder with yourself, you can be more loving with yourself. When you're more loving with yourself, you make kinder choices with everything that you do. Right. I mean, I don't think you can hate the world around you and then hate yourself and then make good choices to drink more water. This is, this is true. You know, I mean, like if I was still angry at myself and still holding a lot of resentment um, towards my past and my childhood, I don't think that I would be in the position to not drink. Cause I think I'd still be so pissed off that I would be that, that anger and resentment would still live inside of me. And then I would be cruel to myself. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I know what Skylar's laughing at right now because yesterday we went to the gas station and I had on this really cute jumper. This like, I don't know. What would you call it? 
jumper? It's like a romper. It's like a romper. And I've been working super hard to lose weight. And there was this other woman over there at the other gas pump. And she and Jim goes, look at everyone has on these rompers. And I go, well, I hope I look better in my romper. Now, this came off as really shitty. And Skylar called my ass out on it. And she should because it's it was a shitty comment to make about another woman. And where I was coming from was I hope that, honestly, my husband didn't see me looking the same way as this other person, but I said it in front of three kids. It was a shitty thing to say. And I said it in front of two women, my daughter here being one of them and my 14 year old daughter. And it was judgmental. I was coming from a place of fear. I was coming from a place of judgment. I was coming from a place of like, oh my God, I've worked so hard, yada, yada. It was just a complete ego move. And we're still going to have those moments But as I drove home yesterday, I unpacked like, wow, that was really coming from a shitty place. I really did. um, What's the word Uh, program my daughters when I said that, that if if nothing else, I don't want to look like that woman, which honestly, she didn't look bad. The ankles weren't tight on her jumpsuit, which I will tell you, like is a thing for me, but whatever. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think that when we do call each other out, when we do hold each other accountable, and you and I haven't talked about it since you called me out on it. Um, I think that it's, calling, it's hard. I think calling people out is a sign of love. Um, even when you said you were like, I didn't bother telling them um, that the cultural appropriation was bad and in giving I them didn't. that. Um, I think it's important to call people out in the most loving and the most respectful way possible because of the fact that they don't know better or they might not know better. They might not have that reflection that you had unless someone says, hey, that was shitty. That wasn't great. That is something you cannot say. So even if it's a small comment, for example, people always go, that's gay, this is gay. My response is always, I don't know, it doesn't like men, so I don't think it's gay. Kind of a funny comment, kind of just cute. I'm not attacking them, I'm not coming at them but I'm making sure I call out the fact that what they just said using gay in a derogatory way is not acceptable around me and it's not acceptable at all. So things like that, we have to keep each other in check yeah, because it allows us to do better for our future selves. Yeah. And it's painful. You know, it, it doesn't feel good when you do screw up. And for the majority, I mean, I would say the majority of the time I'm pretty good at it, but like once in a while, your fear seeps in and that's what that is, right? Like the majority of, of shittiness is most likely going to be based in fear and insecurity. And honestly, when it comes down to it, when someone says judgmental things, that was probably passed on to them somewhere. That was a judgment that they hold within themselves. So you don't want to be mean to them about it. You don't want to come at them because they're probably holding that in within themselves. You know, talk it through, help them with it. And, and really feel that judgment and help them with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that the mind is where everything starts, you know, like where you, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about men, the way you think about women, the way you think about LGBTQ+, the way you think about all the things, that is where every part of you starts. That's where your health starts. That's where your happiness starts. That's with 
where everything begins. And, you know, without the intention of saying and checking yourself and the people around you that you love and saying, you know, cause I'm, I call like my close family out. I call my kids out all the time. Like if they come home with, you know, some sort of, um, wacky thing from a friend, I'll be like, that's racist. And my poor son, he's 12. He's like, mom, every, you say everything's racist. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you're bringing stuff home. I got to tell you, you know? And so, um, I just think that it all starts in the mind and we need to check ourselves and we need to put ourselves in other people's shoes. We need to live intentionally and recognize that our thoughts shape our whole life, the way we feel. And a big one with clients is like the way we feel about money, the way we feel about rich, rich people. You know, when someone comes to me and they're like, I want to manifest more money. My first question that to them is going to be what? You know, like what growing up were was the the conversation around money. Were you broke? Um, were you uh, you know, we don't have enough money for your shoes. We don't have enough money to go on vacation. Um, rich people are assholes. Um, rich people do bad things, right? And so when you grow up with that kind of programming, what kid wants to turn around and be a rich asshole? you know, or a bad person or whatever. And so my first question to a client with um, money issues is what was your programming around money? Because the way that you think about money is usually where your head's at. I have to work really, really, really hard for money. So what happens there? That means that you have to work really, really, really hard for money. That is where your mind goes and that is where everything goes behind it, right? Whereas if you think, well, money just flows to me and it just shows up in really weird ways that I don't even know how it gets here. I have to show up, but then somehow money shows up and everything always works out. Then that's what will follow. That's what you believe, right? And so I think that we need to be very intentional with our thoughts. I think we need to be very intentional about putting ourselves in other people's shoes. I think we need to be very intentional about what we say in front of our kids, no matter how old and rotten stink pots they are. But I think that everything has to be, go ahead. I know you want to say something. I think that a big thing about that as well, um, and where I've changed a lot, is I verbalize my comments, uh, my compliments, my apologies. Um, a lot of times we're able to verbalize judgments and we're allowed to tell each other judgments. Oh, this looks weird. Oh, your makeup looks a little bit off today. And even to strangers, you know, within ourselves, oh, she looks gross, even if it's just in our head. But start verbalizing compliments to strangers, yourself, your loved ones. Uh, go up to that lady in the grocery store that has on some badass shoes and go tell her, hey, you have on some badass shoes. Because when we start manifesting and being in this space of let's compliment everyone, let's spread as much love as we can, you'll start to realize the energy is shifting a little bit in yourself, that you're a little bit more excited to maybe wear some sparkly shoes today or dress up a little bit or, you know, go to the gym and look nice because you complimented that woman on her back and she's like, oh my gosh, thank you. I go to the gym all the time. So things like this are super important to switch from speaking judgment first to love and compliments first. 
Well, I mean, just think about like what comes out of your mouth is what lives inside of you, mm -hmm. period. So if what lives inside of you is coming out and, you know, you're complaining, you know, you're, you're begrudging, you're judging, that is what lives inside of your body. And if it's me, I'm going to look and go, oh my gosh, you have got some nasty, you know, smog living inside of you that really still has issues with women. Like, for example, it's funny, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, we have this on, on TikTok live and someone just said, that looks like the plus size older version of Taylor Swift referencing me. And I'm, and someone just responded, are you even listening to what they're saying? And it's so fantastic because you, you need to understand that, you know, when I put something out on social media, it's usually going to over a million people, right? And that is going to invite a lot of opinions, a lot of judgment. I posted a photo the other day on Instagram and someone said, you look great, but that skirt is just not becoming on you. And it is really hard to not take that stuff personally, but at the exact same time, living on social media over these last few years has really taught me that when someone shows up and judges me or something that I'm doing or something that I'm not doing, that is a reflection of who they are. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. It has zero to do with my skirt. It has zero to do. Now, if you have, you know, issue with my content, that's fine. But when you show up and you're just being gross, unfortunately, that gross judgment, that hatred, that, that just awfulness, that is coming from inside of your health and your body and your mind. And granted, some things are trolls, which they're just computers that are meant to cause problems, you know, on some of these social media sites to create you know, chaos. And I get that. But regardless, I, I've started, you know, through these years to realize like, and, and I will say that when you see someone on social media, I'm going to say, and, th and this might sound weird, that that person started off probably very insecure and needed to take the road of social media to learn how to not be affected by others. Because I used to use the outside world very much so as a reflection of who I am. And through social media, I have had to learn to not take the good or the bad. And I have talked about that here before, that you can't sit there and, you know, and take all the compliments, but none of the criticism. You really just can't take any of it. You have to take what you think about yourself, what you think about your content, what you think about the way that you look is being the most important. And so when I see comments like, you know, that are negative, I realize that, you know, I'm just glad that I am not that person. I'm glad that I am working on being intentional about what lives inside of my body, what lives inside of my mind. And, you know, the interesting thing is if we didn't have, you know, all of this post body kindness, body positive movement, right? Mm -hmm. That if we didn't have all that 1990s heroin chic that I grew up with, yeah. um, I wouldn't even know to think those thoughts. Like that is a lot of programming that is unfortunately living inside of me. And I will tell you, I deal with a lot of women in, in appointment because I have a coaching business 
where they will come to me and they're usually boomers, honestly, and they will say to me, I have a real issue with people that are overweight and I don't want to have that issue. I, 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 I don't know what it is. And I'm like, well, you were raised by parents who lived through the depression. And so when your parents lived through the depression, if they saw someone that was overweight, they probably saw um, people that were overweight as being gluttonous. Like, we can't even feed our children and you're overweight. Are you serious with that? Like that's the boomer gen, like that's the boomer's parents, right? And so then they raised their children, the boomers, which is you don't, you don't get fat because you're gluttonous then. Because if you're heavy during the depression, that means you're being a glutton, right? So the boomers were raised by parents who saw being overweight as gluttonous. So now we have these boomer parents raising Gen X with that same idea, which is why my generation grew up with heroin chic and, you know, body by Victoria and Victoria's Secrets models and, you know, the thinner, the better. And I mean, I grew up at a time when, you know, supermodels were an industry, they were a, a thing. And now it's all switching over. Your generation is every size. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you weren't beat into, like, I still have parents and family members that despise people that are overweight. And so that, that does unfortunately live inside of me. And that's where I have to be intentional and go and check myself and say, is that the worst thing that could happen to you today is that you could not be 140 pounds? Is that the worst thing that could happen today? And the answer is no. I mean, your, your generation's changing. How do you feel? Because now you're being raised by a generation X person, or you were raised, kind of done being raised since you're 20 something. How, how do you feel that the programming has changed or because I know with your younger sister, I'm very mindful about not saying one word about her. Um, I think that's a difficult question because it's it's so personal, I guess. But yeah. I did grow up hating my body. I did grow up thinking Kelly Clarkson was the biggest girl that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, that's what the media has told us to think. That, that she was a cow and that she was huge and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And... If you ask anyone from high school and probably my early on years of college, I was a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I did not make intentional choices. I judged everybody. Um, and it isn't until these Me Too movements started happening and you start actually realizing that other humans have feelings. Um, and it's not just like you on this planet and that like the things you say actually have consequences to people's lives. And it's not just in that moment, oh, your hair looks a little wonky right now. That comment might resonate with them for the rest of their lives. And so really owning the fact that you have a part and a play and it's not just a singular story, that you have a part in this huge, huge, huge story makes you kind of realize and hone in on the fact that you need to do better, that your words have actions. You know what I mean? Consequences. Consequences. Yeah. Your words have consequences. And 
that wasn't really, you know, placed upon us in childhood. It's more so now it's, it's, I think the Emerson's age of her generation, you know, I'm on the last cusp, I'm a 98. Um, I think that her generation is more so starting to get that than mine. Yeah. Bullying is really a conversation that everyone has. I was a bully. I was a bully. I'm sure that there are people out there MFing my name right now going Skylar Shagaback bullied me as a child. Yeah. And I had no idea how awful I was. I mean, I probably did know how awful <laughs> I was. I mean, I'm not going to say I was ignorant of my actions here, but I didn't realize how longevity that played out. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much of an impact it had on that person's day to day and beyond. Yeah. And so really honing that in and knowing, like you said, know better, do better. Yeah. When you know better, you do better. Absolutely. I, I talk about that quite a bit and put that in quite a bit of my stuff that I do. Um, and I think that that's important. I think that's why we have to have conversations like that and recognize like when something comes out of your mouth, that's living in you somewhere. And it's your responsibility to find out where that came from and being intentional about changing it. And there's, you know, obviously there's some people that um, don't want to change. They don't care about changing. They like being angry or whatever, but just know that that affects your heart. It affects your liver. Someone was asking a question on social right now. We're live streaming on some different platforms. Why do you think that you were so mean? I was a child that parents were getting a divorce and um, had a lot of other things going on as a kid that therapy, you know, has really helped out <laughs> a lot. Um, and I was just taking my anger out on literally everyone else. I thought I was a cool, popular girl because uh, people knew my name, but people knew my name for the wrong reasons. Um, I think I had a lot of anger in me. Like we said, the judgment of that other lady's body, that was my anger. That was my hate towards myself. That was my insecurities with myself. And I was just throwing them onto those second graders like no other. So know? basically <laughs> what we were just talking about social media, like like if you were on social media at that time, you would have been spewing hate. anger and hate, hate. Um, towards people versus doing it maybe in school because mm -hmm. um, it, it was living in you. And it literally took me to I would judge someone in my head and then I would have to sit there, even if I literally had to sit there and stare at this person for 10 to 15 minutes. And I would come up with three nice things that this person gives to the world. And it literally made me reprogram my mind from first thing, looking at a human of thinking of all the ways I could judge them to looking at a human and thinking very intentional, how beautiful of a human this is to society, even the cashier at the checkout. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Someone that might be a two second spot in our day, compliment them, tell them how amazing they are because the world is full of hate. And if you can be the one person out there spewing love, just throwing the love out, just be a love bully, be yeah. annoying about it. People are actually like, Skylar, you can't walk out the house without telling at least two or three people how awesome they are. And it's true. I mean, she sometimes gets is like, you need to stop talking to people. We're trying to go in and out right now. <laughs> yeah. But it allows you to come into the world and to come within shift yourself your energy. and shift your energy to love because I really love myself. I'm not going to lie here. So do you feel bad about the way that you were mean back then? Like, how do you, like, where are you at with that? Or do you give yourself grace or? What? I mean, I'm always going to give myself grace because 
that's the only thing that I can do to not have like crippling anxiety and to stay stuck in the past. Um, it is something that I did struggle with that was like, wow. And I always say it today too. I'm like, I'm a business owner. Like people could come out and be like Skylar Shagavak did X, Y, Z, Q, P and was an awful human being to me. And all I can do is sit there and say, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do better. I talk about that a lot on here though, too, is like, I did some really shitty stuff when I was like 19, 20, 21 years old. And I did send messages to some people apologizing for my behavior, you know, finding them on Facebook and saying, you know, sorry for being a turd. Um, but sometimes that's more for yourself than them. Yeah. But, but yeah, but at the same time, a lot of it, like, I do feel like the one person I, I needed to say, I just said, I'm sorry for the crap that I did when I was 19. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I didn't want to be out here acting like nothing happened for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to pretend I wanted them to know that I owned my, my crap. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was about taking ownership and not just glazing over it. But I mean, we also need to have grace for ourselves that when we're kids, when we're in our 20s, we are figuring things out. We're trying to become a better version of ourselves. And every day is a learning. We need to give ourselves. And that's why I don't love the cancel culture, because it doesn't give anyone space to screw up. It doesn't give anyone space to figure it out and make it better and be called out and hold each other accountable. It's just like, oh, you're dead to us because you didn't get it right this time. So, you know, back to the original, the art of living with intention in your mind is really paying attention to, you know, judging the things you say, the things that you do, um, living with intention of like, what do I want to do today? How do I want to live my life? Where do I want to be um, five days, five months, five years from now? And then, you know, doing what it is to get you to that place. And I think a huge part of that is love and loving yourself enough to love the world around you. Because I'm telling you this right now, if you hate the world around you, you hate yourself. There's no other way around it. And if you love yourself and you're really excited about who you are as a person, that is going to infiltrate every part of your experience. Period. I mean, don't you think that the more proud that you are of who you are as a person and the way that you interact with the world, it reflects in everything that you do? Yes, but I think that there comes a pause to that because I know sometimes when people are doing better, they get on a high horse and that's when judgment starts to happen. Which is probably what happened to me yesterday. Probably what happened to you yesterday. You got on your high horse, you know that you're doing amazing and you started judging a little. What a bitch. So when we're on our high horse, we have to remember that we haven't always been on our high horse and that that person might be going through a million and ten and million different things. When I go to McDonald's and I am in the drive-thru and I have the worst order and the worst time and the entire possible thing, I don't leave a bad review and I give that person grace. Because oh, yeah. You know no. what? You know what? Yesterday you had a slip up and we have to give you grace for that. Yeah. And we can only do better and we can only work for being more awesome. But I know exactly what it is. Like as we're sitting here talking about yesterday, I know that that is my 100 percent fear of going back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to be arm's length. I'm like, I am not her. Like, do not put her and I in the same. But like, totally you are. You know what I mean? Right. But like in my brain, I'm like, oh my God, 
I don't want to go back there. So I'm going to put my foot out and my arm out and run from that. And don't put me inside of that same bag because that is so scary to me because of what I've had to do to get here. And it's almost like an ex-smoker. Like, is there anyone worse on the planet than someone who just quit smoking? If you're still a smoker, they're like, oh my God, you're smoking. You stink. Your breath smells. Why do you have to smoke? Like an ex-smoker is the worst person to hang out with if you still smoke. And it's, it's like, isn't that the truth? Because what they're doing is they're verbalizing their fears that they don't want to go back to smoking because they're, they're one puff away from being a smoker again. And so I'm sure like looking at it now that it's like, oh my God, I am like one bag of chips from be like gaining the weight back. Right. So it's like when we lose the weight, then we start judging everyone that hasn't because we're so afraid of going back. I think that's a really great conversation for another time is to discuss, you know, the idea of when we judge, are we just basically verbalizing our fears of being put in that um, bag, if you will, which to me is what racism is, right? Racism to me is fear. I'm afraid that I would, you know, if those people got power, that they would treat me the way we have always treated them. And so, you know, all the isms, all the fears, all that, that anger and, and unkindness, isn't that really just a fear of being placed inside of that, that same bag? Interesting. Go ahead. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison beautifully touches on that. Oh, does it? Um, I know I've read it, but it, it touches on the fact that, you know, as long as there's someone less than me. Yeah. I am better. Yeah. My grandpa, my grandpa Burge um, taught my dad that. And my dad taught me that it's like, I'm, I'm a lot of things in life, but I'm not that. And so that's that kind of hands off, but I'm so glad that all of you um, came to listen today and watch. Thanks so much for uh, Skylar for being here and kind of sharing your intentions of being an entrepreneur and a young woman and your struggles and my struggle and calling my shit out yesterday when I was clearly struggling. But you know what? When we talk about it, then, you know, now I can go, okay, you know what? Yeah, you you are maybe arm's length and a bag of chips away from going back. But just be mindful about that. But you don't have to be a dick. So um, I will see you guys here next week. We're going to be talking about the art of living with intention. Some other edition I will post about it. Um, so thank you guys so much for being here and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. And there we go.